Welcome back to another edition of the Wits Up podcast. It is most excellent to see all of your smiling faces today. I am bringing it to your ears, uh, Emma Fredino, also known as Emma Snowsill before she married Jan Fredino. Uh, I know her as Snowy. That's how I met her. Uh, so I always find it hard to transition to Fredino uh, because probably like many others out there, uh, I kind of idolized the woman for quite some time before I met her. And you'll actually hear a little bit about that story. Before we get stuck into that, I want to thank our latest uh, patrons who have signed up to be the top tiered WIT supporters on our Patreon page. Uh, if you would like to support what we're doing, if you're digging what we're putting out there, we'd really appreciate your support. Uh, please just head to www.patreon.com slash witsup. Now, I also just recently found out that it is not backslash. Um, I always say backslash. That's what I thought it was. It turns out it's a forward slash. Um, anyway, there you go. So now I'm just going to say slash. Moving right along. Actually, not moving right along. Whenever I say slash, it reminds me of um, Patsy from AbFab because she says stuff like, uh, I need to take a waz or I need to take a slash. And it just reminds me of her. And then it seems weird just to say the word slash. Okay, still with me? Bear with me. Stay with me. Okay, so back to our Wits Up patrons. Uh, massive shout out to Tino, Courtney, Capolo, Harrison Rolls, King, and Gabe Manor. Thank you so much for your support. Truly, truly uh, appreciate it. Uh, also, before we get stuck into this episode, uh, I teamed up with Helen Murray from the Inside Try Show to bring you a special uh, podcast series about the healthy body, which takes a look at body image, disordered eating, and eating disorders as well. Uh, here's the intro. I'll play that for you now. Uh, but if you want to hear part one, we released that on the Inside Try Show podcast platform yesterday. You just need to search for the Inside Try Show on your podcast platform. Uh, I'll leave a link in the description as well. Uh, part one, we chat to a few different triathletes, both pro and age groupers, uh, and also speak to Rini McGregor as well. It was just never, ever spoken about. My poor mom was in tears every day trying to get me to eat. People would starve themselves on rides. I started to see this trend where I could get lighter and I'd start to perform better. Peculiar behavior happened in the dinner. The coach singled me out in front of the whole cross-country team to point out how lean I looked, and he meant it as praise. I was amenorrheic. Had next to no sex drive. 11 stress fractures. Developed chronic insomnia. I didn't have my period for 12 years. It's just bloody horrible, to be honest. It was just onerous, the amount of restrictions I applied. I very much separated food into what was good, healthy food and what was bad food that was off limits. It just took that little mindset to spiral with a driven person. There's been so much heartache with issues that I'll never forget them. So some really powerful stuff that we're covering. Uh, so like I said, part one is on the Inside Try Show now. You can have a listen to that right now. Part two will be on our platform next Friday. So make sure you listen first on the Inside Try Show and then we'll be backing up next week on the Wits Up platform.
Oh, my goodness. Emma Fredino, I think you and I have both aged 20 years in the past four weeks trying to get this podcast recorded. Or does it just show our age that digital world and digital <laughs> age is not us? I mean, this has completely done my head in and I thought this was a, sim- a simple <laughs> a simple get-together, but it doesn't seem to be. <laughs> oh, my God. So either, either the universe is conspiring against us for us not to be able to sit down and have a chat or <laughs> it's just making us catch up more frequently but for smaller amounts of time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I, I, I'm not sure. I don't know if I like the latter because we seem to get a little too frustrated than we'd like to be. But I do have to say the catching up has been fun. So we're, we're <laughs> having the little tidbits, you know, Zoom, you know, we're out with Zoom. We're in with whoever we're trying to record with now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So for everyone who's listening, we have honestly been trying to catch up for I think we're close to five weeks now um, to get a podcast up and running. but. Neither one of us have tried, have been able to figure out what has been going on. So right now, we're just hoping that it continues to record. <laughs> that Big Brother just doesn't get, you know, three quarters of the way through and goes, yeah, you know what, we don't like this anymore. We're just going to, you know, just muck with you a little, one last time. No. Oh, no. I think um, <laughs> it has. It's certainly been, um, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah back and forth to say the least (laughs) i think every time that there's like an extended pause in our conversation we're both going to freak out thinking the the phone calls dropped out again i'm watching little sound bites on the phone just making sure (laughs) we can hit pause and hopefully record or salvage anything we've put out there just to know people you know that we actually are trying our hardest here (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Stuff like this has just makes me long for human face-to-face interaction more than ever. Yeah, I agree. I mean, geez, the, the amount of, um, yeah, the amount that you can say you're thankful for at this point in time and, and that we can have this interaction, I wouldn't call it social, but, um, yeah. but yeah, when it doesn't work and you just realise that, yeah, a good old yeah, meeting in the street or, you know, hooking up for a ride or a run or catch up with people is is something that, not to say we've taken for granted, but it's just something that is just, yeah, a part of our lives that we know and we love. And this is this is not it. Certainly not from a, a technologically, uh, I would say, Gumby from like myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, how I mean, and I don't. I mean. Let's uh, let's keep the COVID talk to a minimum just because let's try and talk about bigger and better things. But I do want to check in and make sure uh, you guys are doing okay. Obviously, Jan a few weeks ago had his big Ironman adventure indoors. Um, and I think, Jerona, you've just been allowed to get out and about for a few hours every day. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. I mean, I guess the thing is it's, um, I guess of, of, of most of the world, Spain's obviously been hit one of the hardest, and and um, yeah, being I guess an, uh, a foreigner in a, in a foreign country, and um, yeah, coming to terms with you know this sort of res- well severe restrictions that were put on us is you know it was a bit of a shock, and especially when we sort of thought that that um, we or we I guess we all expected that it would follow suit around the world and we certainly um, certainly had a few times where if we could have looked into the crystal ball we should have got on that plane back to Australia and and done our our quarantine then um, you know seven weeks locked indoors 
uh, was yeah, it's 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 challenging. I mean, but we're super super lucky in the fact we've got a yard, and obviously with Jan being completely set up to do his training, um, you know that part of life, um, yeah, was was not really inhibited so much, and yeah, Jan obviously did something pretty crazy um, by doing an indoor <laughs> Ironman, and we really made sure that it was. Um, yeah, for a, a good cause and and something that we see that um, yeah on a, on a I guess very small community level here that um, is is obviously you know it's it's affecting this country but it's affecting people also that you know the small people amount of people that we know here so yeah it's been a super interesting time and in many many aspects and like you said I don't want to talk about it too much but I think it is also going to change a lot of things um, around the world as we knew it. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's definitely not just right now. It's uh, for the near and I guess the distant future that things will will definitely change. I, I, I wanted to ask, how does the conversation go when Jan says, hey, so I was thinking that I might do this absolutely ridiculous thing. Um, what, what do you think? How does that conversation go? <laughs> Well, that's probably the way you broached it is probably similar to the way he <laughs> sort of broached it. Um, and I think um, it was sort of like, I was like, uh, why? Um, <laughs> what, what for? Like, and, and, yeah, I mean, if I really break it down and I guess, you know, put a little bit of the serious context into it and the reason why, um, really, yeah, I guess first and foremost, Yes, personally, Jan needed um, uh, a goal, uh, a motivation to sort of see himself through. We obviously had no idea how long this time would be. Um, mm. But from my personal point of view and from a very, I guess you could say, well, I guess non-egotistical point of view, I, I really challenged him and questioned his motive as to why. And right. um, I really sort of said I, I I'm for it. it like but you need to you know like this is this is not this can't be seen as trying to encourage people to do it and he, he also said the same that oh. like he's not trying to encourage or by any means motivate people to do the same thing because it is ridiculously crazy um people obviously a lot of people are also not as fortunate to be set up like he is that he can have his job at home um and and when the reality of what was happening here and um, and really mostly when uh, our, our nanny, Annie, um, who is who's Jan's physio's uh, girlfriend, who's helped us with the kids for just shy of a year, and she is actually a nurse and she hadn't been asked to go back to the hospital, but she wanted to and she asked me mm. what I thought about it. And I said, look, there's not a lot in the world there's not a lot of people that can actually do something right now like as far as and mm. what we could knew at the time like we can't help we can only help by staying and doing you know staying at home and removing ourselves from social interaction to have hopefully stop this I said but if you're in a position and you want to do it honestly by all means that's that's more than anyone could ever ask you know and um yeah she she had a bit of an inner tussle about it all but she's that sort of person I guess that's what makes um you know nurses and doctors and healthcare workers in that system and I said just go for it and strangely enough she actually got called by her old boss 
probably within a 48 hour period and said, it's, it's getting really crazy. Like we need as many people as we can. And, and she literally, you know, packed up her stuff and, and went to back to her old job in, into the thick of it. And I think with that and the timing of what Jan was saying, uh, sorry, was, you know, contemplating is we're sort of like, no, this, this, as much as, you know, the world of sport is is on hold, we have no idea when, how, for what, you know, what amount of period of time is it was really about, you know, this is, this is not actually about ego. This is about how can we maybe um, cultivate or encourage um, some crazy ideas for people to help um others in their community close to them we, we really didn't know all we knew was that um we were trying to support Annie by saying yes go there she knew there were some problems or first and foremost before she went to the hospital she was trying to scrounge around here there and everywhere trying to get face masks um and we were just asking every, every person we knew that could possibly have any contact um, to get hold of one. So we saw there was immediately there was something that maybe we could try to help source and eventually we got some made through some clothing manufacturers and sent to the hospital. But we realised wow. that that was just one small little step as to, you know, that the, the on-flow effect of what we could see unfolding um, was even greater and we thought, well, okay, does it motivate someone to you know get the groceries for their elderly neighbor you know a high risk person mm. like we we just sort of th- saw it as a as a, a way to try and encourage people to um maybe think a little differently and that what yarn mm. then was going to do was not about him it was for a much greater cause and once we sort of solidified that that was the reason why um it just snowballed so quickly and and obviously Jan's got um well we've both had amazing contact with the Lorraine's foundation and and just really um put our feelers out and did as <clears throat> as much as we could and obviously Jan's got his best friend Felix his manager and and they went about just making this something you know far greater than we even ever anticipated it was phenomenal but uh, the whole premise behind it was was just to to raise money um, for you know things that we could see we could try to to help in our local community and and the idea being that you know can we encourage people to to think of um, you know ways or connect people in ways that they might not have thought of until now. Wow. It- <laughs> There's just, uh, I think you nailed it. It's just so much more than um, a swim, bike, run indoors. Like it just, it, it truly transcended just triathlon, what you guys did. Um, and you kind of said that, that, you know, what's your why? How can we sort of give back to the community? And I feel like that's an athlete that you have been for a long time, um, particularly since winning gold, you've given back to the to the sport. And I guess beyond the sport, particularly in women in sport, but was it this kind of thing that really, I guess, solidified for you and I guess for Jan as well that this is where sport can really make a difference? It can truly transcend, you know, the medals and the accolades. It can actually make a difference to the the bigger community. A hundred percent. I mean, I think the thing you, like you said, like sport's a wonderful vehicle to to give mm. you a voice that you might not have had and, and we're, we're not mm. um, by any means, you know, um, trying to say that we can solve the world or solve the problems. We're just, <laughs> we're, uh, I guess, fortunate in the way that um, how can we connect dots for people? How can we, how can we help resolve, um, okay, a small issue at, 
at this point in time in in the world um and i think we've been fortunate to be in, in a few you know many instances both for myself and Jan in throughout my career and and still for him that that you do see that sport is that vehicle and um i think in this instance it was it was really about yeah of course it required doing something pretty out of the ordinary um it was you know taken around the world um you know by media just more than we ever also imagined but we also had that idea of that you know we're, we're not trying to you know Jan's not trying to stand out for doing something crazy he's trying to you know help um uh, just to help stimulate people's ideas and and that yeah mm-hmm. we can can all do small parts and we we live in a sporting community and, and obviously that has a certain reach um but obviously reaching further out past that and and yeah our local community um the 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 province i guess of of this area that's become well known with sport but yeah with that funneling down to yeah helping helping the local hospitals um you know with the money already we've we've bought um two respirators we've donated to to three charities within town um and we're you know we're all still looking at different ways and how to best utilize that money and i think it's something that to be perfectly honest it's something Jan and i've thought of for quite a long time but never really been able to place how to do it because we've always also been thinking you know that there is always so many things at certain times in your own life or other people's lives that um you know are important at one point and maybe not as important as others and i think this was just a great opportunity to um you to to help you know start some sort of momentum like that and and yes yeah, sport is always always such a positive vehicle for that and i think that's something we realize um is just such a is such a benefit and an opportunity that we shouldn't waste well i love that a uh, positive vehicle i'm just writing that down because that's a great quote <laughs> love it <laughs> so let's go back to uh 2008 at uh, 20 what well, you would have been 20 27 uh, in Beijing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, that was August, the Olympics, right? They're always in August, yep. aren't they? Yep, that's yeah. right, 18th August. Yeah. So, I mean, you're you're recently, your birthday's in June, right? Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah, so you would have just turned, yeah. 27, <laughs> yeah. 27. I know, I'm like, really? Hang up, math? Mm, yep, yeah, okay, yep, they both got it. <laughs> So terrible, isn't as it? A, I know, mate. Oh my god, I've forgotten that I've turned thirty-nine. I think I still tell people I'm thirty-seven, and yeah. I used to laugh at people who I'm like, "How do you forget your age?" But I honestly reckon from about thirty, maybe two, thirty-three, yeah. just flat out forgot. Just I was flat out, say exactly the same number. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> definitely. You do. You have to work out like what age you were born and what year it is, and yeah. then you're like, "Hang on, is that right? No, no, I've got that wrong. That can't be right." <laughs> oh my gosh! And I'm yeah. like, I'm usually pretty good. I like to pride myself on some pretty fast maths, but when it comes to yeah. my own date birth, I got no idea. <laughs> Maybe it's just one no. of those things that you just try to block out. You just can't help it that you're intentionally trying to do it. But anyway, Definitely. so yeah. you're twenty twenty seven. You've just mm-hmm. won a gold medal in triathlon. Mm-hmm. Compared to where you're at now in terms of the way you view the world and the way you view sport, do you think the 27-year-old Emma Snowsill at the time would be looking at it in the exact same way, like the way that you're using sport as a vehicle? And 
I need to say that I know that you gate you you've given back so much to the sport. So I know in some respect you did, but you know that's a, that's a, that's quite a long time ago now. It's over in a, a decade ago. Do you think your mindset's changed a lot in terms of looking at sport like that? No, I, I actually feel that um, I wish I just had the guts and the gumption to do more about it those 10 plus years ago um, to right. realise that, um, yes, like you said, the, the, a number of factors I think come into into that, you know, into what I'm saying in the sense that, one, I did also have a full-time job, which was sport, and, yes, your time and energy is a little different. Um, two, I, I guess I gave back in different ways in, in the moment and in the time of um, of, of my career. Um, but but when the Lores Foundation was um, you know had was was the um, charity partner of the ITU, I, I obviously yeah really resonated with with it, and always um, from the moment that I sort of became involved and was sort of an ambassador, I really wanted to set up a project I really wanted to to do something and I guess the the big part of that has probably come about is that we've never been in one place for a long period of time um Mm. you know and it's something that yeah there's there's a degree of needing to to be there and um and establishing where and what it is and why you want um to do it in say a certain spot or a certain area um and I think now it's um yeah like I said it's probably it's I wouldn't say it's something I regret I just I just wish I'd had more of um yeah could speak my mind probably more freely and probably go about spending that time and energy a bit more into actually making it happen sooner yeah right I mean I guess as well you know 10 15 years ago the world in terms of say technology for example was was a very different place as well oh, definitely i think that's probably mm. first and foremost is um you know you think of beijing and and the olympics you know social media really wasn't a thing so our availability and um and access to information and knowledge and um and obviously you know ways that we can harness that use that um to you know to our advantage and to have a positive impact has also been a major factor and 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 also you know for an athlete I think as well especially to um to make use of that and to to use that voice um in a positive way in a positive light in in those sorts of well what has become essentially you know our own own media channels um I mean, so we've spoken about this before. This podcast isn't meant to be too much about triathlon, but I'm really interested in your thoughts on this. And then we're going to move on to some other stuff, yeah. more like yeah. maybe yeah. more fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So with all that, what you just said, I, I hate mm-hmm. saying with all that being said because whenever I watch The Bachelor, that's like one of their cheesy lines that they use. <laughs> and so when it starts to come out of my mouth, I'm like, no, don't say it. But it just comes out of my mouth. With all that being said. <laughs> well, then, then, then you need to watch the Michael Jordan Netflix. You certainly won't be getting any Mate, out of that. that how good anyway. is it? Oh, my gosh. No, um, let's definitely talk about it. It takes me a lot to get obsessed to TV. Like I am not a TV watcher, but I cannot wait for tonight when that comes out again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the next is the episodes. next one's coming out? Yeah. Hang on. So we're up to... next oh, I think we're... Mm. yep, yep, yep. So yep. it's 
Okay, so from all right, let me pick your brain about that. No, this is sorry, far more sorry. interesting. I just, no. I just took you off, off track there. No, I've made a note. We might come back to it, but I find this okay. much more fascinating. And I, okay, so first of all, Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. I've got my thoughts. Would love to hear your thoughts on A, the not shaking of the hands, and B, your thoughts on how he responded to Michael Jordan, like present day. Um, I, I, I don't think it was very, um, very good sportsmanship. Um, I obviously, you know, there's there's so much that goes with, you know, when you live and breathe the game and what's perceived and what is also shown in in a story. Um, but obviously, with what we've seen um, in the documentary, I would have to say 100% like that's, um, yeah, that that's just being a sore loser. And and mm-hmm. I think every great athlete knows at some point in their time that, you know, to be beaten by the by the world's best is something that is you shouldn't walk away with, your, you know, your tail between your legs or your head down. It should be like, you know what, we put everything out there and we gave it our best shot. But to walk away and not show any sort of sportsmanship by, you know, just shaking hands, you, you know, of course, and congratulations is always going to be hard to say. But um, he's, he seems like a very unique character and, and certainly one that I think just a huge class of, clash of personality um, to what Michael Jordan is. Yeah. it. The thing that really just I didn't like was when he said, you know, that was just kind of how we did things back in the day and someone else, another team did it to us and we didn't have a sook about it. And I was like, sportsmanship didn't just arrive 20 years no. ago. Sportsmanship no. has been around since the day that sport started so don't don't be using that as an excuse own it and yeah. you know and apologize like I just that it just I struggled with it yeah no you're right now when you said that 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 was a part of the day I've forgotten him saying that and ex- exactly the same like I, I totally disagree and, and two wrongs don't make a right you know that that's up to mm. you to be a bigger person at the end of the day and say well just because someone did it to me you know, it doesn't make you turn around and say, oh, well, you know, it's okay. We can do it to someone else. Like, I mean, it's just, mm. yeah, exactly. It's just, I would say, sportsmanship um, at its, yeah, worst. Yeah, yeah. I I think I actually have more respect for one of the other players who said, um, I think the question was along the lines of, if you could do it all over again, would you shake their, uh, their hands? And he said, nah, we hated them. I actually, I feel like I respect respect him more for just owning it and yeah. saying, nah, I wouldn't do it, than someone going, oh, no, that's just what we did at the time. Yeah. yeah and yeah, just yeah, using yeah. that as an yeah. excuse. Yeah. 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 That's how I felt. Yeah. yeah, he, he, yeah owned, so- he, he owned his feelings and said that he wouldn't mm. change it. And, and so be it. There's, there's, there's got to be a lot of different people in the world. Like, it's, that's, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. But no. <laughs> it's so good. And, but, oh. and how's the, like, so I find it super interesting watching, um, you know, when they're talking about multi-million dollar deals and Scotty Pippen, um, and I can't even remember what the figures were, but he signed a three, like whatever it was, a three-year contract for $8 million. Let's just say that, for example. Yep. Mm-hmm. But this is back in the '90s, so yeah. whatever that equates to these days in in the dollars figures, who knows? But I'm like, man, and I get it. He was, you know, he he shook hands, and he obviously was worth more than that in comparison to other players. But I'm like, my God, I look at what triathletes do, and eight million dollars over three years is a ridiculous amount of money for a triathlete, like. 
and that's just in payment. That does, that's not even endorsements on top of that. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, it's just a different world, isn't it? A hundred percent. I mean, you look at already look at back in the early '90s, the stadiums that they were filling for sixty thousand people. You know, like it's. Yeah. I, 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 that's the thing they've got on their side is that they they are in a closed environment. They can sell mm. tickets. They can um, sell TV time. They can sell a number of games. Um, they can sell hype. They can sell merchandise and. It's just something that, yeah, it's, it is. It, unfortunately, it's just a totally different kettle of fish. And um, I think it's, it's uh, I yeah, I, I certainly don't watch it and look at it as a comparison to triathlon because I think it's it, there's, there's no point comparing sports because there's so many no. different niches and, and things that go into what makes one and what doesn't make another. Um, but, the, yeah, the money is is <sighs> – utterly <laughs> phenomenal and and as i said like as, as a lot of the um you know like jerry Crass, like they're, they're businesses they are you know they are franchises they are money making mm. businesses and you know to think how much they have to be making in order to pay their their players that much money i mean that goes to show you you know how yeah. how big the sport is and um yeah yeah it, it is it is completely mind-blowing <laughs> Well, it just, oh, man, I just, I love everything about the doco, down to him not wanting to go, like sulking, not wanting to go and see Nike because he didn't want to yeah. be with Nike. And, <laughs> oh, my God, just just amazing. Um, yeah. But what I wanted to get your thoughts on because from what, from what I understand, uh, you know, because after each episode I then YouTube everything and watch every everyone's responses to it because I just get addicted to it. Mm-hmm. But... As an elite athlete who has been at the top of the sport, so Michael Jordan appeared to be worried about what people would think about him in terms of like that behind the scenes, seeing that he was quite aggressive with his teammates and, um, you know, so on and so forth. As an elite um, athlete, is it, well, you explain it to me. Do Do you think, are you not surprised by what we saw behind the scenes? No, not at all. Not one bit. Mm. Like the thing is he, he, and, and obviously, you know, I I was never following his media per se at the time. And, um, and there's, I think that sort of multifaceted question you're asking because one is, you know, do you think elite athletes, um, feel worried about what people think in the media? A hundred percent. Um, of course they do. And there's also, there's also a weight of responsibility that comes with that. Uh, whether you mm. choose to take it on or not, um, uh, you are perceived to be a role model, whether you like it or not. You are in the media, whether you mm. like it or not. Um, I I feel completely and utterly sorry for the guy having to 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 withstand and go through that amount of media, not even media, but to to not have a life outside his walls without being. Um, you know, mm. not ha- not hounded in a in a in a bad way, but you know, you he, you can't you couldn't walk down the street without people screaming, shouting, following him, wanting a piece of him, wanting um, something mm. from him, and that's extremely extremely exhausting. And so I think there's there's that part of it. Um, in a sense, yes, he wanted to uphold, um, yeah, that what people thought of him, but then there was his just killer competitiveness his killer instinct to want to be the best which comes with opening the doors to being filmed you know in private training Mm. and and as you know as much as that 
um, you know, is somewhat private time. It's still, you know, it's it's part of the environment that, that they live in. And and for people to see that and say he was aggressive, do I look at him being aggressive? And actually, no. Um, I see mm. him as being someone who takes control and leads the situation and helps um, and maybe not everyone, you know, maybe not everyone felt and resonated that way with him, but he certainly helped lift people. And I think he lifted the athletes around him to be better than they would have uh, been if he wasn't there. Um, yeah. so I think, as you said, and, and I think that's something that was really interesting when they were asking him about his gambling, um, mm. and, and do does he have a problem? And he's like, no, I have a competitiveness problem. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, yeah, like, yes. It like I, I see it, and I've I've known that sort of from myself. Not that I ever gambled, I didn't have that sort of money. But you know, I, I can see that that competitiveness. That whatever you want to do, you want to be, you want to win, you want to on on a much smaller scale. So I think that that played out in different ways and. And then it comes down to when the when the when the shoe's so polished and nobody can find any dirt on you for some reason or another we have this uh, ability like the tall to poppy want syndrome. To, yeah yeah this this ability yeah. to want to find dirt on people to to want to cut them down okay you've you've risen we loved it we've been with you you're at the top but you're like you're too perfect we've got to find some some reason to mm. cut you down and I think that's just so sad like it's so mm. unbelievably sad to. To think that that's the way that, that that the media or people operate, it's it's hard to say because I think the media feeds it to people and then then they all buy into it, um, and it perpetuates. And if you look at the guy as a whole, it's like, like really, like that really, that's that's what you want to pick on about. Like, yeah, he 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 played golf. He he liked to play cards and 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 burn his money. It was his own money, as he said. He's like he's not losing his house and his. And, and it may not be mm. relative to us the amount of money, but I just saw it as as a way of him. Honestly, I saw it, see it as a way of him switching off, even though mm. him switching off still doesn't stop him being competitive. If that if that makes <laughs> yeah, sense, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like whatever he does, totally. In order to take himself away from the game, to take himself away from, um, you know, being that best athlete, even when he took himself out of that that physical aspect. Um, mentally, whatever he did, if it was sitting there, you know, sedentary playing a card game or blackjack, he still wanted to win. So yeah. it's 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 a personality trait. And he look as far as we know so far, and from what I've seen, he hasn't hurt anybody. And mm. um, and it's something that he says, okay, yeah, like there's nothing wrong with it. Um, but again, just finding that um that image that people have respected and upheld but yet then want to find some other reason to to not view him that way so interesting um and one of the questions that i find myself asking athletes when i'm speaking to them on the podcast is you know where's that competitive streak come from and does it continue you know off the racetrack and generally speaking people are like oh yeah i've got to win at cards and yeah, at family game nights, I have to win Treble Pursuit. And I get it. Like, I've got that addictive personality. Yeah, I, I even so much now with, with Luca, there's been times where it's come up and his mum has said, oh, yeah, 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 Jan would absolutely lose the pot if he wasn't winning at chess <laughs> or he'd tip the table up if he wasn't winning at cards. <laughs> and, and, and I look at Luca now, like, you know, in the backyard, oh, I'll, I'll race you there. 
oh, I won, I won. And if he doesn't, oh, my gosh, it's like, you know, tears coming out sort of thing. And and I recall myself, I remember playing street basketball and, you know, in our cul-de-sac and running balls down till I'd, you know, taken skin off them, bleeding, and I would just be like, <laughs> no, we're going to win this game. We're not going in until, you know, my team has won. Like it just – yeah, I do think it's a part of us. Yeah, there's just some people that have that, you know, same thing in a board game, yeah. same. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it's just it is a part of people's um, DNA. Absolutely. As a as a mum, what – so you know how there's this whole thing, uh, particularly I guess with primary schools, that everyone gets a ribbon, everyone's a winner – um and I feel like that's changed since we went to school like we you definitely were first second third or last type of thing uh which I thrived on and I assume you probably thrived on as well mm-hmm. but as a parent what what kind of approach do you think you'll take with your kids in terms of you know trying to get that balance right between you know making sure that they're handling things okay but then also making sure that they know that you know, sometimes you can't win everything or, you know, what? what's your philosophy yeah. in that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's still early days, but it's certainly something that yeah. I, I obviously take myself back to as well and thinking about my own childhood and where do I, where did that competitiveness come from? You know, how many times had I been beaten before I won sort of thing? You know, that's something you don't mm. recall. You, you don't you don't remember. Oh, that's so true. Necessarily so how true. many losses you had before you before you got your first medal at swimming carnival, school swimming carnival. Um, and I think for, for both of us, uh, first and foremost, we feel that whatever you want to try, you try it. Like I was given that opportunity uh, to try any sport that attracted my attention and sport was was my thing but I mean look I'll, I'll admit I did do ballet as a young girl and um, I do recall the handstand competitions before class more than the actual <laughs> before the actual ballet um, you know who could who could stand up there the longest um, are, you, are you saying um, you didn't excel at ballet is that what you're telling me Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I, I love basketball. It was my passion as a young kid. Um, I, I was all through primary school on the basketball teams. Um, and then I, I, think, I think the thing is for us that, that winning is not – it's not – sport's not about winning – like even now with Luke, you know, he's taken off riding a bike. Um, mm-hmm. We are always talking about with him, like how much, you know, what, what do you get out of riding a bike? You know, what, what do you feel? What do you see when you're out there? Um, because to oh, us like that's that. actually what we, what we love. And, you know, we're taking him obviously mostly off-road and away and, you know, sort of trails and, and when there's hills, you know, like what, what we both find ourselves saying, okay, it's about using your legs, strong legs, you know, take deep breaths when you're getting puffed. Like it's and, – and I think for us, like actually sport is about that. Sport is about the adventure and what we see and what we feel. And if you become competitive, yes, wonderful, amazing. That's, I think, another um, – I think that's another step again. I think that's another – um part of the this athleticism that I think is is harnessed later on but I do think there's also some kids that are naturally drawn to 
you know, put me put me next to other kids and, and tell me to run from this end of the field to the other that want to beat all the other kids. Um, yeah, sure. So I think, you know, um, it's it's a matter of at this point in time showing them if, if you get defeated or you don't win against those kids in the playground, that's that's not the be on end all. If if you want to, then okay, how can you practice? Do you wanna do you wanna run around the oval? What do you wanna do? But it's it's not about, you know, who's better or who's not. Um, to me, sport has always been it doesn't make you a better person. Yes, you may be a great athlete, but it doesn't change who you are as a person. And I think that's something that um that we would, would, would always try to instill before being competitive. So interesting. Um I wonder what the kids are gonna turn out like. But don't you think <laughs> I think about that all the time. Like I just <laughs> You know, every day you see their little personalities grow and I can see bits of me and Frankie, then bits of Breddy, and then this whole yeah. other character that I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> like it's fascinating. Oh, it is so fascinating. Like the stuff they come out with, the yeah, the the, the things they say that they feel um, and it's it's so cool listening to, to that, what, what they make of those experiences and um and obviously sports something that we obviously Jan and I enjoy and love doing with them and taking them out and as they're getting that little bit older um you know that they they also want to be a part of it but you know by nature as humans we we are all pretty active if you look at a kid you know what they want to do I mean Mm. they just they wait at the gate like come on are we you know we ready we're going (laughs) riding you know what are we doing you know so um I think that's the beauty of it is like you know what trail are we going to take today where are we going to explore what puddle are we going to ride through um so I think I think that's more um you know for them to experience that for themselves and then it's always cool coming back and you're like what was the favorite part of your ride you know what what did you like the most um and yeah you're right there is things at times where yeah so I look at Luca and I'm just like oh my gosh that is young (laughs) (laughs) the the tantrums the And then there's sometimes where I look at Sien and I'm like, damn, my gosh, far out. That is like holding a mirror up. And I'm like, man, I am hard work sometimes. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's so uh, funny. So funny. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah and then cute. I guess just seeing the differences between them as well. Um, <sighs> that's what I've always found fascinating is you can, you can uh, raise them pretty much exactly the same and have two completely different kids. Oh, unbelievable. Like just can be absolute chalk and cheese like I mean the two of them are really not because they're boy and girl but it's like yeah I was saying yesterday like instinctively like is it just things that make some you know like a girl like a girl want some things that a boy doesn't and I can't recall what exactly it was oh I think that's what I said when they have a shower you know, in, the, in his downstairs training room, you know, he's got his bathroom and, you know, afterward they always mm. have a shower and they always put cream on because they've been in the pool and it's dry. Luca can't stand it. <laughs> Sienna, oh, loves it, you know, like put it on me. Oh, wow. And there's, just, there's just things sometimes you think, wow, that's so girly. And yet we, we don't do anything girly or boy to either of them, you know, everything mm. is the same. Bike riding is the same. If you want to play dress-ups and dance around to Basque music that Ani taught you, go ahead. Like, you know, like whatever. And But there's just sometimes it, it is like gender specific, but then just personality like different, you know, Sienna will just mm. get over herself so quickly, whereas Luca will just go on and on and on. <laughs> she, he, got, he got that from Jan, right? 
Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, come on, over it, on with it, let's go. <laughs> oh, funny. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Hey, I want to wind the clock back to mm-hmm. um, now I've got to remember, hang on, 2000. Do you remember the first time you met me? You won't. <sighs> Let me see. <laughs> 2011? Um, no, I, me I met you well before then. Before then, okay. No, remind me. Oh. Yeah, so you, you're not going to remember because I met you at Noosa Triathlon outside of the, I think it was the ASICS <gasps> booth. Yes, you showed me the photo. <laughs> the photo. Yes, yes, yes. yes it's my, it was my first triathlon. Well, actually, it was my second triathlon, but I kind of tell everyone it was my first triathlon because it's a better story. Um, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, Oh my god! I'm meeting Emma Snowsill and was <laughs> the biggest fangirl. And it, like, it's so funny looking back at that because you know I consider you a good mate now. But I'm like, yeah. the you were absolutely for years. I still fangirled over you to the point <laughs> that I was hosting one of the Wits Up Noosa brunches the first time yeah. you turned up. Yeah, and someone had cancelled last minute. I can't remember who it was. And Lizzie B had said. Oh, I'll just get Emma to come. And I'm like, Emma who? And she's like, Stoey. And I was just like, what? And I was still fangirling, like, she's not going to want to turn up to this. Like, it's Emma Stoesil. And Lizzie's like, you're off your fucking head. Of course she'll come along. And then I was trying to play it so cool. And I was like, yeah, hey, Em, thanks for helping us out. Did I pull it off? Did I act cool enough? 100%. Hundred yeah, percent. No, I've never thought any of these things. I think just your outgoing, happy oh, really? personality is not never never gave me that feeling at all. But I I do remember you showing me that photo of um of when you had first <laughs> we had first met. Oh, it's so funny. And then it when you funny. came along to the brunch, I was like, oh my god, what happens if she thinks that I haven't asked her to come? And now she's like, oh, so now I'm like a second tier athlete because someone else pulled out that. Like all this stuff's going through my head and I'm so projecting all my shit onto you and you're just like, hey, how you doing? I'm I've just come for the free, free, free breakfast. Can you just hurry up and yeah. so I can eat? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, far out. But I reckon um, one of those years, like one of my favourite photos um, of you throughout your career was when the three Aussie Emmas were on the podium um, and there's you were, uh, it must have been Hamburg. Was it Hamburg? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yep. with the beer yep. showers. That's mm-hmm. got to be one of the best photos in the sport, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, come on. Who doesn't want to, like, how big are those beer glasses, like porno- yeah. pouring over each other? <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'm, like I'm surprised yeah. you guys could actually lift them up. They're, they're massive. They're so big. They are so big. And, um, yeah, you you sort of like it's one of those things like warmer temperatures, yet the beer's not as cold. Like if it's hot out, then you just stink and you've got flies like after you within five minutes. <laughs> no, it was um, – that's always such a cool race. Hamburg is just such a special um, city triathlon and, and the fans are just crazy. Yeah. Like German are fans, they? you've – experienced it with Roth and they just go mental for a triathlon which is so cool like to see because you do you know when you, you're fortunate enough to travel around the world and compete um you know a lot of different countries you know no one will say that they don't appreciate a good crowd and and enjoying um particularly when it becomes somewhat a show of the you know the WTS circuit coming to town and and mm-hmm. a lot you know there's a lot of people that it takes a lot of effort to 
you know, close the streets and make it happen. And there's nothing better than having, you know, those people come out and, you know, seeing what it's all about. So that's certainly always been, I think, if you ask any athlete on the circuit, has always said that it's just one of the, yeah, the the best atmospheric courses and um, events um, that you get to, to race. Uh, it's well I've been to the WTS race in Hamburg once and um I was blown away by the fact that people were lining up outside of the athletes hotel to get um yeah. autographs but like printed photos and getting them autographed well, and I'm like who does that who does that it's well, it's so cool you've been retired for as long as I have and I go to events with Jan and they're like still there with these things <laughs> That's so cool. Oh, it cracks me up every time. I just laugh so hard. It's so funny. And they've got, like, oh. photos printed out of you and you're like, serious, where did you find this? Like, did the, I didn't even know the internet had this good of quality photos back then. <laughs> <laughs> What's the internet even? Did it exist back then? It exists back then, yeah. And they're like, oh, you know, and they're like, they don't just ask you for one. They've literally got, like, a pile of 20 yes. of them that they want you to sign. You're like... Something tells me this is not for your auntie. <laughs> yeah. Do, are they selling it on the black market or something? Yeah. Or, I, I don't know. Yeah. They all like, especially when they're not a photo, they, um, they you know, frame things and sell them off and trade. They say they trade them and yeah. all this, but, yeah. Oh, whatever. Oh, if they've got wow. the time and patience to stand around and do it, so be it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, let's go further back to find out what um, uh, little Emma Snowsill or – Littler than what you are now, um, <laughs> Emma Stosa was uh, growing up. Rumour has it that uh, you had a bit of beef with the PE teacher. Yeah, yeah, my grade twelve, <laughs> my grade twelve PE teacher pretty much wanted to fail me for PE. Um, she was a hockey player and team sport, and obviously, I was not your best team sport player. Even by that age, I was. <laughs> I, 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 like I said, I love basketball, um, but for our year 12, like, um, uh, what do you call, I can't even think of the words anymore, but for year, like for year, year 12 assessment, our sport was rhythmic gymnastics. not a sport. It's not a sport. And I'm putting it out there. Oh, yep. <laughs> my gosh. I was like, I am not an artist. I am an athlete. And, oh. So not only was, the like, the practical part um, just not my forte, I was like, look, fair enough. I 100% agree with you. You don't, you know, I don't think I was a – I needed to be a fail. She she nearly failed me. Um, I, I did the, what I needed to do to pass, but she was super hard on me. And then when it came to, like, the written assessments, and, and I did love, you know, biology, physiology, same thing. She just just wanted to just, I don't know, prove her point, whatever it was. Um, we didn't gel so um yeah she 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 was an interesting one but I'd gone to the school I'd changed to that school just in my last three years of of high school so I think um I came there with a an idea of wanting to further my sport and better myself um you know while I was still at school so I, I don't know if she just didn't appreciate that or enjoy that um I, I don't know it was a very funny conflicting time but at the end of the day I was like listen I don't need to pass this subject at the end of the day because I don't need to I, I don't shouldn't say need to I was like I don't want to be at school either I'm like I just want to be out and doing sport and 
um I just yeah it was hilarious like she was she was really tough I got on with a lot of the other sports teachers or like the sports mistress and stuff um they were actually quite good at sort of of yeah helping helping me and directing me um in those few years at school but I was so more than happy to get out of there when uh, when the time came. <laughs> so much so feel, than on I the last on the last day of school. You, or, uh, it used to be a tradition. I've since heard it stopped after the year we were there. <laughs> and on the last day of year twelve, all all the year twelvers get their cars and and drive around the school oval. And I just took it a little bit too far and kind of like ripped a little bit of the grass up. And uh, I don't think we've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> Just doing a few burn, a few burnouts, like <laughs> you little bogan. I love it. I was totally bogan, but I, it was there was a little bit of like this, like oh, I can't wait to leave you, Miss Oliver. I'm out of here. <laughs> what kind of car did you do it in? Was it um, a rear wheel drive or a front wheel drive? Because that no, that can dictate what kind of burnout you can do. Well, it was a very old long wheel base, uh, no roof uh, Land Rover. So oh my goodness! It, yeah, it was all-wheel drive, a lot of talk. Apparently, it looked like I was about to roll the thing. So I, I oh, made it dude. out of the grade twelve alive, <laughs> and without killing anyone else. I know, I know the stupid things you did, but I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure that the school said no, we're not doing that anymore, not letting that happen. Yeah, it's always one, ruining always it. one that just takes it too far. <laughs> Oh, I feel dear. like your story with the um, PE teacher is um, reminiscent of the that scene in Pretty Woman when she goes into the shop um, mm. dressed as the sex worker and they give her nothing and then she comes back um, all dressed up and walks in and she's like, big mistake, huge. I, rec- like, yeah. I can feel you doing that, carrying your gold yeah. medal back into the school. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, yeah, I finished 98. So, 2008, they asked me to come back to the school. And, oh, my gosh, was she all over me like a wet rag. <laughs> 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 oh, I always knew you were going to be good at this and this and this and that. And I was like, uh-huh, really? And I think I said to her, I was like, no, you didn't. You hated me. And she just sort of, like, laughed a bit, like, laughing. Oh, it wasn't like that. And I was like, oh, it really felt like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, oh, the power shift. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, she she was definitely my best friend when I went back to school. And um, But I have to say the beauty of it was that triathlon was actually a school sport program. So I did give her a bit of a bit of um, a bit of a hard time about that, saying, you know what, you could have made my life and your life a little easier if we just chosen a sport that you know we're all a little bit more adapted to, and not something that is truly like an artistic pursuit. Like seriously, <laughs> you would have been better off, like in terms of an artistic sport, like riding your bike with no hands and doing a painting at the same time. Like that would have been a better artistic, oh. sporty representation. <laughs> Just yeah, so different. Like such a left, <laughs> it's such a left field sport. You know, I think that's the thing yeah. as well. Like it's like nothing that you've done. Um, you know, throughout the year, cross country, you could play touch football, you could play hockey, you could do swimming. You know, there was such an array, and then it was like, okay, where did that come from? Like, um, did the boys have to do it? No, I was actually in all girls school at, for my last. Oh, three years okay. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would have been. Funny. Imagine that. Like, yeah. I know. <laughs> because <laughs> I was even like 
like like at least like instead of rhythmic like at least artistic where it's more strength involved and you know yeah. something you feel like you can develop I'm like there's not that often that I've gone around twirling ribbons off a string and a ball you know rolling from one end <laughs> from one hand across the back of my shoulders to the other I'm like is that is that like a skill that I really need to know from an athletic point of view like what is that trying to teach me <laughs> oh god she's still angry folks like I can still feel that you know the hatred it's it's deep it's in there <laughs> um, so, like, correct, correct me if I'm wrong but mm-hmm. I got a feeling that you might have been a little bit cheeky as a kid I think I was. I think I was a good challenger. I think I. I, I definitely, <laughs> oh, that's nice. I, like I, I think I definitely was one of those like, but why, you know, but why sort of kids. Right. Um. But I also wonder if if swimming was like something that I just found pretty early on in my life that that I was just it just made me happy. I was so content with like I don't. I certainly had rebellious. I think little phases in my life and whatnot, but. Um, I wouldn't say I was mischievous. I think I really directed my energy and my passion for 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 sport into swimming. Once I found it, I was just I was just hooked. I think I think that's kind of the key, isn't it? Trying to figure out yeah. what actually makes your makes you happy. What makes, um, yeah, your your heart beat, you know, that little bit faster. Um, because I guess I. When I was involved in stuff that I just was not interested in, like science, I was yeah. so cheeky. I was so naughty. But then oh, the yeah. other things, I was really good. I was a good student. I was an A-grade student. Yeah, yeah. No, you reminded me. Yeah, I think I must have been because even one of my friends reminded me from high school. She's like, yeah, when we used to sit up the back of Mrs. Kyle's class in maths and she'd be like, girls, stop swinging on your chairs. And I was like. Yeah, I don't really recall much else from maths either, actually. Now you say that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like oh, when my you, goodness. When you're just not interested, yeah, you, you you know, you do tend to play up. You, lose, you know, you just, you, your mind wanders and I think, yeah, it's um, it's true. That's very true, actually. Oh, definitely. Man, I've got the, the things that I hated were science and mm-hmm. home, home economics, which comes as uh, no surprise to anyone. That's hilarious. <laughs> That is so funny. But I got to a point at, with home economics. Here's a little story for you. Um, I so the teacher did not like me, and I think it was because my brother was—he was a naughty child. Um, I was cheeky; he was just flat out naughty, and yeah. so that kind of filtered down to the second child that she just automatically hated me because of my last name. Yeah. And um, I, like I had this theory, and I had said, "You, you just you grade me badly because you don't like me." And she's, you know, calling me out, and it, of course, you know, I'm professional. Anyway, we had to make these cookies, and yeah. so we made the cookies, and then I got one of my friends, a grade student, to take my cookies up to her, and uh-huh. she graded them in front of the class, gave her an A. She came back, mm. gave me my cookies. I took them up, my own cookies that just got an A. She gave them a C, and I'm Whoa. like. Boom! Busted! And the, no. the entire class just started cheering for me and then she sent me to the principal's office and I didn't <gasps> care because I, I won. Oh, I know. No How bad's that? That's so yeah. bad. No, it's so true. I think there is some, yeah, yeah and, and we're all human. We get these preconceived ideas about this, that and the other. But, yeah, I think that, that, that that's, look, I would never want to be a teacher. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> but you know, like they do this, just you know, like think of it. So all of us at some point or other can just get in this one track mind about something, and you just can't deter from it. And then yeah, to be caught out, and I mean, she'd just be embarrassed, and then she's thinking so embarrassed. Her word against, you know, a student in front of the principal. How did it go? I want to know. <laughs> See, that I can't even remember. Like, yeah. I just think I was it, on yeah. such a high. Yeah. Like, yeah I was just on a yeah. high for winning that. I actually didn't care what the ramifications were yeah. after that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I certainly, I do, I do remember that she was kinder to me in terms of grades um, yeah. after that. But, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I look back at it now and it makes me feel a little pang of guilt because she would have she was so embarrassed but I, I know that I felt like I was painted in uh not painted into a corner is that the right saying painted into a corner yeah um, yeah that's well, right put, yeah 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 put it in the corner yeah and painted, yeah yeah, yeah, it was just, yeah with the same brush yeah, if you, yeah no 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 that no like so if you're painting the floor right and uh-huh. you paint you're painting and painting and then all of a sudden you get into the corner of room and you're like oh shit how am I going to get out? Because I've painted the floor, uh, and then okay, I can't. Okay, 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 yeah, 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 good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never heard of it like that. I think that, I like it. I, I think like that's it. what I'm it is. Yeah. yeah, I'm going with it. Yeah. Um. Do you know, do you know the other thing that I stuff up is I always thought that um you know when you say to someone um oh you know that's her mo as in mode of what is it mode of oper oh, operation yeah. Yeah. yeah, that one. Yeah, I always yeah. thought that it was ammo, as in ammunition. That's just her <laughs> ammunition. That's what I always thought it was. <laughs> well, if you really think about it, could could be perceived as one of makes the sense. <laughs> totally makes sense. Welcome to my world. Anyway, painted it. into a corner. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. I don't even know what I was saying, but I felt like um, I saw an injustice, and I was yeah. like, I'm not. I, I mean, otherwise, like you said, it's just my word against hers, and no one's really believing me because I'm just a kid. So I was like, yeah. I've got to, I've got to prove, prove this yeah. is happening. Yeah, like, dude. Uh, that's awesome. I love it. No, <laughs> but that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, it, it shapes us all as people, and you know, like, you know, you can say school's a time to learn, but it's also time to experiment, you know, for yourself and yeah. and in, in human relations, and it doesn't mean it's easy. Totally um but yeah it's um yeah some people it's just it's it's horses for courses I think that's all I can say (laughs) do you Uh, I mean apart from your PE teacher do you actually have fond memories from school primary school I love primary school because it was just about playing it was about sport it was about (laughs) bull bull rush on the oval like I love what's bull rush we have to like all run across the oval It's, it's sort of like tiggy like tag um, oh, yep. and until a point where there's only you know you the person that's up and then one other you know one one of you that has got to get across so it starts off with a large oh, group and then yep. it becomes less and less and less and obviously you know you just you wanted to be that last person to get across and I love my school PE teacher Mr Weebush was just the coolest um, and I tried I think any sport because of it and yeah, um, yeah I think I think I've just never been one to well one who sits still for very long or very well <laughs> very good at sitting still and two just um yeah I guess I just find like you know there's just different ways for people to learn too so it's not that I hated school but I did always you know want to be outside wanted to be doing sport wanted to be doing something active um it did take a lot for me to you know really be able to concentrate and 
you know, absorb, um, you know, a lot of things. Um, but I, I, you know, I got through it and I did what I needed to do to get through, get through school. I'd got like I said, I'd go back to primary school any day, high school. Yeah. <laughs> you fit right in. <laughs> uh, yeah, primary school. I think I, I'd be okay. <laughs> So how how similar or dissimilar um, are you and your sister? Um, Amy, she was a better athlete than me, a better swimmer uh, growing up. Yeah, she was a I never knew that. Swimmer. Yeah, she, for her age, um, we're nearly four years apart, um, and she grew up actually competing against Liesl Jones, the breaststroker. And wow. Amy was pretty much coming second to her in state competitions. Um, and in those sort of like last years of high school, I guess when I changed for that, um, 10, 11, 12, she would have been, so if I went in grade 10, she would have grade six. So I think in those last few years of school, when she got there, she Mm -hmm. really made a conscious decision, um, and of, of whether or not, you know, schoolwork took up the most time that that would be her focus and her priority um over the amount of training that we'd been doing for swimming and and that sort of outside hours and and she was still very athletic and very sporty but that was I think a a time where she sort of had seen the effort I was putting into it and didn't um necessarily want to put in that same amount at the cost of um you know cramming time for for school for homework for assignments and and yeah the the build-up of, of workload that comes with those last few years of school. So she dabbled in triathlon um, a little bit as well, like at the end of school, and, and still is very, um, you know, sporty and athletic. But um, by far in terms of, you know, direct swimming results, she was, um, yeah, a superb swimmer. I wonder, so obviously breaststroke was what was her, her bag. That's what she yep. was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder, like, you know, swimming such a, you know, it's you're in the pool, you're swimming and swimming and swimming. At what point do you go, yep, breaststroke, breaststroke's my, the stroke I'm doing, that's it. But that's, um, that's a big call so early on, isn't it? Yeah, but I think the thing with swimming, like even as a breaststroker, you're not doing your 10 sessions a week of just breaststroke. Um, you know, yeah, breaststroke is, is, a, is like a skill set and I think that's that's what swim coaches are very good at and, and good at. You know, swimming is a very technical sport. You know, at the end of the day, like people can swim, but to be swim to swim fast and to swim well is as a technically base um, sport. And so you would still derive all your fitness and conditioning from mostly freestyle swimming, a lot of you know medley set swimming as well. But where she just seemed to excel and and to really grasp, um, I guess the technique was in breaststroke and. And somewhere that her results, even though she did swim a lot of, you know, we as young kids we pretty much swam all the strokes, but that was by far where she was always getting the the best results in. Yeah, right. Um, who are you more like, mum or dad? Oh, I think. Do you I want like, me to answer it? No, <laughs> I think I'm a mix of both to a degree. Yeah. I, I think um, you know, like neither mum or dad or anyone in our family being particularly sporty. Um, mm. I think, I think the probably one resonating thing between, you know, all well, mum and dad's parents, my dad's, um, you know, like both sets of grandparents and, and pretty much everyone on both sides of our family is everyone's been, um, you know, uh, own their own businesses, um, have always been very driven, 
um, to work hard in those businesses and and to make a life mm. out of them for for all of us kids and and their kids and um, I, so I think I think that's something that I would say is um, that I see as a trait that runs with all of us, uh, my sister as well. Um, but in terms of personality, um, uh, probably more my dad, I would say, if I really think about it. I think my sister and my mum are definitely more that very more nurturing and, um, yeah, just have a different side to them. I don't know. You tell me. You seem to think you know a little bit. <laughs> no, no, I was just joking. No, I actually would have said both as well. Yeah, I can, yeah. I can, um, I can, t- I reckon, here's my take. Initially, I can see more of your dad in you. Yeah. Um, but then as I get to know you and become like closer friends with you, I see a lot more of your mum in you as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's yeah. a bit of a fence sitter, but um, yeah. I, I don't know. Oh, I saw God. that has, has sort of evolved over the years as as we've become closer. And like with your mum, the second you meet her, she, you can tell she's just the most nurturing person in the world. Yeah. She's just so sweet. And with your dad, I just want to like give him a punch on the arm and say, "G'day, mate!" <laughs> like I just yeah. love riffing with him because he's yeah. just a massive smartass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it, <laughs> No, that's what I mean. Like, I think, like, um, I think I probably between between Amy and I, I probably say I would sway the most between the two. Whereas I think I would say my sister, I would say more is more like my mum. Yeah, right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, take you know, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, they take <laughs> take them both at different different times. Uh, it's a hard one though, when because I mean, I guess you. You don't, until you really think about it, you're like, oh, oh. Like I notice certain things as I get a little bit older, I'm like, oh, my God, that's so my mum or that's yeah. so my dad. It's just, I don't know, I think as you get older you start to recognise more things and you're like, no, I never want to turn out like them. Not not in a yeah. bad way. Yeah, you no, know? no. It's- oh, of course you, you have those moments, don't you, about your own parents. But I think it becomes mm. more, um, you know, it resonates more now when you have your own kids and you and you hear or feel yourself saying or thinking oh my or doing God. something, and you're like, yeah. oh my god, and like you're just literally taken back to, you know, when you're a kid, or you know, it's like you have deja vu of, of the same instance, and you're like, was that was that me as a child, or you know, like you you do, and I think that's where where the where the topic comes up more as to you know how um you know not necessarily question how you're brought up, you just you just look at it and. Um, and like you said, take on, you know, whether or not am I, was that more like my dad? Am I more like my mum? Mm. And I think, you know, I think it's great if you, um, you know, like you said, just have very different, um, different personalities too. Cause it's like, I look at our two and I just think, yeah, they, for both of them, there's at times where I, you know, see mixtures of, of everything, but you know, then there's some people that look at photos and videos of Sienna and just say, oh, my gosh, it's just like looking at a miniature version of you, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, hey, I know I've taken up so much of your time, but I, I've got just a couple more questions I need to ask you and I need to go uh, back to, to one that I did. Um, I need to speak quietly a bit quieter because Brett's just sent me a text saying you need to speak quiet because Frankie's crying. Because <laughs> Frankie it's can't sleep, she can hear you. Oh, dear. Yep. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, we need a bigger house. I almost need oh. like my little studio. It is with, soundproof um, your room, yeah. 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 You, can, you know you, you can do, use egg cartons for soundproofing? I used to do it when I was a kid, when oh, I was a drummer. I just heard it. 
I just heard it. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. Anyway, she's um, up now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure you can. Yeah, I'm sure it would make sense. Yeah. That's really what soundproofing foam looks like anyway. Oh, yeah, it does too. Yeah, yeah that sort of wobbly um, wobble. Go, back to the future. Let's, let's take it yeah. away. So one thing I wrote down um, that I wanted to go back to and I for- yeah, anyway, the Michael Jordan doco you were talking about um like the media and society trying to bring him down like trying to find something bad Mm -hmm. in him or Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. did you like someone being at the top did you ever get that sensation that feeling at all did it happen to you um i think you definitely have people that that question um more so your athletic performance like and i think that the thing is you know, we we were not. Oh, I was not in the media as consistently as say Michael Jordan was. There was it was sort of more in mm. phases, um, and and obviously we also weren't putting our lives out one in social media, two being filmed behind the scenes so much. So mm. I didn't feel so much that people were had the opportunity to to dig or whether they needed to. But I certainly would say that. Um, the moment you weren't performing or you had an off-path performance, it was like, yep, here's a chainsaw, we're going to cut you down. Like I, I definitely recall wow. um, particularly when I was getting, you know, was sick and, and mm. um, yeah, obviously having some very unexplainable results um, for myself, let alone, you know, what I knew and been able to, um, to, to com- compete at. Um, and yeah, the, the media is extremely cruel in that sense. Um, and, and thinking they know you because they've interviewed you many Mm. times before and then Mm. taking any information and making something of it. Whereas one, they haven't asked you or two, they haven't actually done any research or taken into account any of the other things you told them. So that, that stuff, um, certainly was very hurtful, um, at the time. And I think that's, Probably, if anything, um, I guess maybe for quite some period of time really also made me withdraw from really putting anything out there because I always felt like it was, you know, quite often just construed into the way whatever sold a paper. And and at the end of the day, that's all media really is, you know, selling a paper, selling a story, um, selling airtime. And and to me, um, you know, I I think you just take on that, that, look, I, I live the way that, and my life the way I know you know um is what what makes me happy and and what I believe I you know hold to my own values and you know what somebody writes today is tomorrow's fish and chip newspaper you know it's um so you learn to you know not take it to heart as much as sometimes you do um but Mm. in the sense of you know as a direct comparison though we certainly um you know I don't know if there's any triathlete would have that sort of scrutiny and that you know, amount of media, consistent, consistent media that, that he had. Mm. Like you just look at some of those videos and footage where he's just literally, you know, pinned to a wall with, you know, yeah. 30 people around him or he just, you know, trying to go from the change room to the stadium. You just got a swarm of people. I mean, you just you just have no time to think, to breathe, and you do. You just get to a point where you just have to switch off and not say anything in order to, you know, be in your own zone Survive. and prepare yourself. Yeah. I just think it's, yeah. it's hor- absolutely horrible. Actually, I think that was one of the saddest things when he said, uh, and I found that that's what blew me away the most, was he was ready to, t- to retire because of all the nonsense. Like, you mm-hmm. know, he was still at the top of his game and he's just like, I can't. 
I'm tired yeah. from everything yeah. else. Um, yeah, that I actually found that made fascinating. me. It actually really upset me when I heard that. Um, when you yeah. said like I'm tired physically, but emotionally I'm, you know, mentally I'm just way beyond exhausted. And I just thought that's just that's so sad. That's such a, um, mm. and it's so unfortunate to have such an 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 athletic ability and yet by no means of his own that that's just being you know pulled and drained from him um you know for for all the many reasons that go with with his yeah fame and fortune Mm, yeah fascinating fascinating uh character study um well not just on him there's the other athletes as well but um yeah yeah we won't we won't delve down that one again otherwise we'll be here for another hour (laughs) i know um Um, I've got one more question, but I do actually, I don't want to just brush over it when you talked about being sick. Um, that is something that you and I have discussed like at length, um, Mm -hmm. on and off, you know, camera and recording. And, um, we do, I do want to do some more stuff with you on that, but we can talk about that later. And it's with Katie. Um, but Mm -hmm. I want to make, I want to let the listeners know that I'm not just brushing over that because that's a whole nother conversation that we might leave for another day. Um, if that's okay with you. I I think it probably deserves, uh, that sort of time and, and and having another, um, uh, a voice in that conversation is also probably helps, um, yeah, to, to really, uh, shed more light on it than not just not on my story but um i think as a as a greater topic um specific absolutely to, to people in this sport absolutely um could, couldn't agree more um i don't think we can do it justice tr- while we're trying to wrap up a po- podcast so we <laughs> for anyone who's listening we will definitely come back to that and we've got some ideas floating around so stay tuned for that um but mm-hmm. my last last question um and we're going to finish it hopefully with a bit of fun um yeah. I've been trying to ask everyone else this at the end of the at the end of the episode. Who is your favourite famous Emma? Not in the sport of triathlon. Oh, you know what's <laughs> so weird is like when I came to triathlon and growing up at school, I never I never knew any Emmas. I thought it was, and I even oh remember God. telling my mum and dad, I was like, "Oh, it's such a boring name." Like, <laughs> you know, I was like, "Oh, I don't know anyone that's like called Emma." And um, come to tri- come to triathlon is like every second girl is an Emma. <laughs> um, oh man! And and like even thinking now, like I'm trying to honestly think hard. I I think there's an actress Emma Stone, right? Like that, and I wouldn't even yes. know exactly w- what movie she's in. Or but honestly, that's probably outside of triathlon. That's probably the only other Emma name I know. Um, it's it's perfect. Emma yeah, Stone is a perfect yeah. answer. She's like go. one of my favorites. Is she? She's oh, in um, go Google her. <laughs> she's awesome. She's so funny. She's okay. very talented. She's in um Crazy Stupid Love with um yeah. Ryan Gosling. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. she's with him again in that dancing one. Um okay. which I haven't seen. Um they sing and dance. She's got a pretty good so um pretty good voice. Okay. And she's funny. And one of her first oh. movies was a movie called Easy A, which is about high school and, you know, okay. one of those high school co- comedy movies. But it's actually, yeah. like, it's really, I really enjoy it. I'd watch it over okay. and over again. It's one of those okay. good, easy uh, watching ones. It's, she's awesome. Right. Good choice. Good well, choice. I better, go, I better Google this other MR that I've put out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I asked uh, Emma, Emma Pallant the same question and she, yeah. all she could think of was Emma Thompson. Have you heard of her? Oh, 
Yes, I have. She's also an actress, no? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But she's been around for a long time. She's in love, actually. She's a lot older. Yeah, she's a lot older. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? Well, there's so many Emmas in the triathlon world. You're like, really? There's other Emmas out there? (laughs) It has to be the most successful name in the sport. It it has to be. Isn't it so crazy? It's so weird. It's so weird. It's just so, so bizarre. I find, like I said, I honestly did not know any other Emmas until I came to a triathlon. And then so obviously the funny. first was Carney, yeah, Emma Carney. And yeah. it's like, where did it go from there? <laughs> oh, so with that being said, who's your favourite Emma in the sport? No, I'm joking. You don't have to answer that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Muffy. <laughs> uh, how is Muffy? She's good, yeah. She's really, really good, yeah. She's um. Funny enough, she lives like honestly dead set exactly opposite like walk out your driveway onto her driveway to my primary well not even primary school to my best friend growing up i'm talking oh, no our, mom, our our mums met when we were eight months old like so so freaky like when she and wow. i mean she my 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 friend sky um no knew of her older sisters but then um then yeah when she bought a house on the gold coast she's like yeah I'm just living opposite skies like okay so like you know in the area and like no like literally like if you need an apple just throw it over the fence <laughs> it's like whoa what are the chances so oh, god. yeah no oh, she's wow, good. that's cool yeah. yeah going good with the two little girls and yeah i think like everyone just you know and in australia sort of you know done done what they have been you know advised to do and laid low for a while and um yeah, yeah, what else do you do with two two young kids anyway? Yeah. <laughs> take, take, the, take the rest of the reprieve while you can. Exactly. Oh, yeah. oh my yeah. goodness. Crazy, yeah. crazy times. Snowy, yeah. thank you so much for um, finally us two getting our shit together and managing to get through a whole podcast. Oh. Let's hope it's actually recorded. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm not touching anything <laughs> to you. So it's downloaded. It's, you've got it. Okay. Oh, All right. No, thank, thank, thank you. Thank you for having thank me. Thank you so much.